everyone. Welcome to this week's Crunch episode of the Mythos Manual. I'm your host, Leslie Wisniewski. I produce this podcast. And with me, as always, is GM Calder Kadavid. I'm here too. Well, it has been quite the two weeks for our poor little party. I just feel like I keep seeing their little butts getting whooped. Yeah, they're bad at this game. Just this role-playing in general? They're just not good at rolling dice. That's the issue. They're fine role-players. They have good <laughs> intuition, but they're bad at rolling dice. That does seem to be the problem. It, are they just doing it wrong? They're doing it wrong. See, what you're supposed to do is roll it gently, and they keep spiking the dice. Is that what happens, or is it just really bad luck consistently across the board? There's no such thing. You make your own luck. Ah, I see, I see. What what a old-fashioned approach to luck. Um, but really kind of like kind of hunkering down and diving in, it seems like the party has very much been oscillating wildly between like really bad rolling and then like three crits in a row. It, that is the pattern. Yeah. They, they don't roll at all. Everything's under five and then suddenly gets a, a string of 20s. It's usually Christy. It, it was very, again, I felt myself kind of like on the edge of my seat wondering if they would be able to escape these water elementals, which turns out didn't have to fight in the first place. No, like technically no, they did not have to fight the water elementals. Well, it seems like, I mean, I don't know, anytime I see a dungeon and there's monsters there, I assume all the monsters are for fighting. Well, all the monsters, generally, I mean, sometimes you can have like a role play encounter with like a quote unquote monster, but. It didn't seem like those water elementals wanted to have a role play. The, the water elementals were not interested <laughs> in a role play encounter. No, they were not. <laughs> so we're hopping back into essentially a dungeon. And because we're in one of the, the archaeological dig sites, are we coming back to that setup that we've talked about before of the five-room dungeon? Yes, this is another five-room dungeon, 100%. So the, the room with the water elementals, like just to recap, the room with the water elementals then would be classified as... That's the a, uh, entrance a, guardian room. Fantastic, yeah. right. And the water elementals are kind of our guardians in the space. Yeah, I, I think like the, the way I wrote them is that like, they were in charge of making sure those water features were working. That was, like, <laughs> that was their job. It's great to be someone from the plane of water for thousands of years just to really kind of like do routine maintenance. That's all you're doing. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's why they're so angry is they've <laughs> been doing it for so long. And I'm not even, I'm not joking. That's really kind of like my justification on why they attacked is that they've been doing it for so long. And then if they get disturbed, they get all angry about it. Like, let me just do the work. I'm just here for I'm, the work. I'm, I'm just, I love the work. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> part of like this process is really important to me. Just this, the water being in motion is, yeah. is pivotal mm -hmm. for me. And my, my own aesthetic. <laughs> well, I thought for sure that um, that it was a trap room because it felt like it was set up to, to trick the players to disturb the water by having an emerald at the bottom of it. I feel like you put that emerald there to be like, mm, let's fight. Well, I want to have a fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're such a little instigator. I mean, they didn't have to grab the emerald, but they... It would. Alan, you did not have to grab that emerald. Yeah. No, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they could like do a little, little search around. A, a blast of detect magic wouldn't necessarily detect a water elemental. That's true. And it, I don't believe, did detect a water elemental. Alan did all the things on the little checklist of should I touch the thing, which is detect magic, detect psychic significance, nothing. So he's like, well, then I guess I'll do the next safe thing, which is use my mage hand to get the emerald. And then he got drowned. And then he... His feet got wet. His feet got quite wet. Uh, well, something I wanted to talk about in regards to that encounter are 
Obviously, the the dice were not kind to our party for a majority of that fight. But also, beyond that, the water elementals, I don't know, was it because they were an optional fight that they just seemed very strong? Well, here's what kind of happened with those. They were um, medium-sized water elementals. And I wanted them to be, like, a little tougher than the baseline normal water elemental. I wanted them just, like, a, like a notch tougher, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I threw the advanced template on these water elementals. What, is, them... what does the advanced template do? So templates in Pathfinder, I think they exist. Yeah, they'll exist in other things, too. So, like, a template is something, like, where you take, like, an idea and you apply it to another monster. So it's, like, a vampire is usually a template because you can be, like a, like, you know, a giant. And a vampire, or like a water elemental and a vampire. You could, yes, no, maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> I think look vampires into vampires have to be mortal at first, anyway. <laughs> but you could, like, there's a lot of different kinds of you know, quote unquote templates. And this this dungeon, I used a couple templates. So we'll get into like on the next crunch, actually. Fantastic. Well, it seems like so. Correct me if I'm wrong. Templates are kind of like. Instagram filters for your monsters? Exactly. They're Instagram filters for your monsters. So these ones had the advanced template. Advanced is like one of the most basic templates. It kind of boosts all of their abilities and like uh, scores a little bit. Just makes them a little stronger in everything. However, what that ended up doing for these water elementals, which I didn't really account for, is that like it gives them a big boost, I think, to their speed. Oh. Um, and it just kind of shot up their AC really high. Higher, like, I didn't mean to shoot, like, I, by the time I was, like, in the mid-combat of it, I, w- I didn't really think too much of it, and then, like, oh, I think their AC was, like, 22 or 23 or something yeah. like that, which is really high for, like, what I kind of Level intended. four characters. Yeah, like, it, it's okay if that was, like, the boss or something like that, yeah. but, like, that's really high just for a, a little encounter, which it was supposed to kind of be. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, you... You had your combat all set up, you posted it, and you're like, oh, that Juno filter is strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they, the watermelons were a little too strong. Uh, is that why you kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, it was hard for me to t- gauge, because now that I'm listening to all these episodes, I'm trying to figure out what your motivations are just as much as the players. Whenever they re-enter into the temple to kind of see if they really have to engage with these water elementals, did you just kind of decide, like, I'm just going to hand wave it? They're not going to just, like, be patrolling the area now. Yeah, I mean, like, that answer's twofold. I usually, I don't love running the same exact combat twice, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, we can just do that combat again, but this time they win. Or, like, this time, like, they have the advantage because they know what's happening. So, like, let's just run it now. That's always boring to me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like doing that. Um, and I also reasoned that the water elementals were really only interested in their own immediate space, and each other, so if they're undisturbed, then they don't really care. Yeah. Well, it was nice to I, – I was kind of worried, like, can we even get into the hall? Thankfully, we were able to. Less thankfully, more monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The haunted room. Yeah. Because every – that was the, the big theme here is that every one of the buildings is haunted in some way. Some special way. Yeah, each temple is haunted in their own special, unique way. Yeah. It's very. It, it has been fun to see um, Kata being so intent on tending to this garden, and uh, and I'm curious to see kind of the impact of this haunt uh, in the Hall of Tranquility. Though has has Damius kind of sated that those ghosts by feeding them a soul gem? I think it's sated for the time being. It's not completely defeated because you can like 
get haunts to deactivate for a little while Mm -hmm. and then they'll calm down and then usually restart the next day or so. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what's happened here is that Damius was able, I love that Alan came up with this like bit with the soul gem and like fed it to the haunt and like that all really tracks for me. I really thought that was really clever and really fun and I really wanted to reward that because I think in my mind, the initial setup was Paul was sort of right where like there was like 12 corpses in the room, right? Yeah. And I think my idea was that every round, the evil haunt would reignite one of those corpses and spring it back to life as a, as a white. Uh, until that sounds fig- awful. Right, until they figured out how to disable the haunt. I don't even remember really how the haunt was supposed to be disabled anymore. <laughs> it was... Uh, I it- guess by feeding it a soul gym? No, it was something else. That's it was, how it. That's how it is now. Yeah, that's how it is now. You could just. Uh, I thought that was so clever, and so that's a, an, an example of a time where if your players surprise you, like they, they do something really fun, it's like just reward it. Like, I like you know, I could have been like you know, as written, it would have been like, oh no, that doesn't really do anything. Like that doesn't really a hundred percent track with what I'm doing. But like, no, 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 it's fine. Like let's just like let's end this combat. Let's let this cool moment happen instead. And I think that was way better. I think especially because early in the episode, they were just really not having the best time in terms of landing hits, getting the snot beat out of them again. I think it's good to definitely have that balance of moments in a session. And typically, sessions are much longer, so there's more opportunities yeah. to have those those uh, uplifts. Right. Usually, it's like a, you have a, an easy fight and a hard fight. An easy fight, a hard fight. A medium fight. Rest. Rest. <laughs> Sleepy. Do it all again in the morning. Uh, But I think because we're doing this podcast format and we're trying to keep our episodes within about the hour range. We try. Yeah. I think because, you know, so often role play podcasts are three to four hours long and that is. It's a challenge to listen to. At least from, I've always found those to be very challenging to listen to. So I try to keep ours a little more condensed. So like a light snack. Yeah. Something I can finish in like a car ride. Yeah. A single car ride. A single car ride in Los Angeles, which is about an hour anywhere. You're, yeah, you're spending an hour in the car at least, so. Yeah, might as well be listening to an episode of The Mythos Manual. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bummer when you like, listen to a, an episode of a show and it's like maybe two and a half hours long or something like that, which I just finished an episode of a show that's like two and a half hours long. Oh. But it took me several days and I had to kind of be like, wait, where was I? I listened to an episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour in between this, so... What? <laughs> what's happening i'm sure they can't we, they can't be talking about the same things yeah right what yeah. uh fantastic well yeah that was a very creative solution to combats and i think that i personally enjoy whenever players are given that uh, as a player <laughs> bias uh i'm happy whenever combats are able to resolve in ways that aren't just killing everybody yeah i agree i like to find more interesting ways to resolve conflict if you I think sometimes I like to look for good, clever instinct, and sometimes I think players are more are think they are more clever than they actually are. That happens a lot, I find, in mm-hmm. my opinion, is that like they like sometimes players will do something that, that that's like sort of clever, but in my opinion, kind of lazy. Mm. And uh, I don't always reward those, but I do reward what I think like when I think someone does something really out of the box, really like really kind of connects some interesting dots together. That's what I really love. I like to see more of that than like the most obvious answer sometimes. Yeah. Well, I had completely forgotten about those soul gems, even though they had just shown up. You just got them. A week previous. And I'm I'm glad that Alan thought to, to pull them out. Yeah. Alan's being very smart about like collected treasure and actually like, using materials that are given to him. Sometimes players don't do that. You can give players like treasure and like cool items and like 
pretty often, you'll be surprised as a GM, how often players will really kind of forget to use any of that. Yeah, like I think that players often forget to even read through the list of items in their starter packages, uh, whether you have like a rogues kit or, oh, yeah. or a druid's kit. Yeah, like candles or caltrops and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, or like for, for the rogue example, there's usually oil, if you want to oil a squeaky hinge. <laughs> Your favorite move I... in all of <laughs> fucking role-playing games is to oil every door. I think, I think it's You important. did it once in like your first session and you were rewarded and here we are as you do it to every door. It forms good habits. Yeah. Uh, but I've also used like, I believe, marbles or like ball mm-hmm. bearings that have been in my rogue kits before, uh, mirrors, all kinds of fun things. So being mindful of what you, like the resources that you have on hand and building off of your note of of Alan being very intentional about that. I, I like to think, and I'll have to ask Alan about this, if that is sort of an intentional choice because Damius has been trapped in the jungle and has to just make use of what's around him. Oh, yeah. That's so a good he question. probably has, and this is me having my own headcanon, a kind of magpie sensibility where it's like I have to grab any kind of useful thing while I'm out in the dangerous jungle so I don't have to go out again for at least a week. I don't want to brave the Trader Joe's parking lot right. of the jungle. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I that seemed to really besides uh besides the creative into that combat, the thing that really stood out to me as being sort of different and something I hadn't seen yet for this group was having Cheldi be a part of the team and doing spells. Yes, she's a wizard, and so she has all these spells she can cast. It was crazy because I feel like it was so helpful, and I hadn't really realized how much the party had been missing that type of classic build in their team setup. Well, Alan does sort of fulfill a little bit of that role. Mm-hmm. Like, not they're not entirely devoid of, like, magic. Because, like, da- like Ulyster had magic. So does Damius. Damius, though, I think has more, like, com- complicated and specific magic. Damius' spells are all very, like, I think they're all aggressive. I don't think he has anything that, that is, like, helpful in terms of, like, buffs or... Um, yeah, it's like buffs. Like he doesn't really carry any of those. It's a lot of necromancy out of Damius, from what I can from what I can tell. Yeah, because it felt like Ulster was built specifically for this campaign. Yes. And then he died. And then Alan was like, Well, fine. Have a vampire. Blah. <laughs> Blah. He's a jungle vampire. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but seeing Chaldi be able to help the the player characters was really wonderful because I feel like so often I see them miss hits or landing crits by like a point or two. Or just barely being hit. So having those extra kind of boosts can be so helpful. Mm -hmm. And also, just selfishly, I was like, thank you for taking another person with you into an encounter besides Suresh. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely more useful than Suresh. That bar is low. The bar is real, real low. The idea behind Sheldy is that I want her to like, A, not be a witch because I wanted her to kind of set apart from like the other kind of changeling things. Like she's such a nerd. I'm like, oh, she's a wizard. Oh, like changeling, like... The changeling aesthetic is very witchy. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, there's... Yeah, the changelings are supposed to be like the daughters of hags. Oh. But, but they're like hag pupa. Like before... <laughs> yeah, like they're cool. like proto-hags. Like like uh, like a hag. Are you familiar with like the cha- like what a changeling kind of is historically? Yeah, the, the, a baby is taken in the night by fae or hags and replaced with one of their own. Again, kind of... Do magpies do Not that? Ma- uh, I'm cuckoos. thinking of cuckoos. Yeah. yeah, a lot of bird references today. <laughs> They're like the human equivalent of a cuckoo. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. They are a cuckoo. Um, 
And so the idea is that they make like people raise their because the hags don't want to raise their own children. They're working moms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're working moms, and they don't have time. <laughs> Just kidding. I love working moms. I have a working mom. Not crapping on working moms. <laughs> no, not I think crapping it's important on work. to say working moms are great. We, for we, our we work, both had working moms. It's for our day. working mom audience, they we not see hags. you and we love you. But like these hags are also working moms. <laughs> Not, not all, all moms. Work, not, all work, not all working moms are hags, but, but a all lot hags of are, are working, working moms. moms. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to change. I wanted Chelsea to be a little divorced from some of the witchy aesthetic of changelings. So like, she can't be a witch, and I don't want her to be religious. So and she's a nerd. So like, wizard. That's like the big obvious choice. And I chose transmuter because I didn't want. Her to pull any, um, like, uh, damaging kind of spotlight away from, like, the PCs. Because I made the these NPCs before, like, the characters were ever created. Yeah. So I just kind of knew, like, I didn't want to do, like, an evoker. It, so, like, transmuters are mostly buffy? They're very buffy in general. Like, the, it's like tra- the idea of transmutation magic is, like, you take something and make it different. Got it. So it's very, yeah, so it's a lot of, like, polymorph or mm-hmm. buffs. Like, that's the big thing we saw a lot of is, like, buffs. Like, they, they, they you know, the range of, like, the spells, like, bull's strength, which ranges your strength score, or cat's mm-hmm. grace, which makes you more dexterous. Like, mm-hmm. those are all transmutation spells. Right. And so that's kind of her focus is the is in, in that field of study. Well, the other thing I really like about Cheldy is that so many of the other uh, NPC characters are just kind of like, yeah, these player characters are going around and like, yeah, I'm for them. And Charlie just is so exasperated with them almost at all times and kind of is willing to call them out on their nonsense a little bit. And I I, I really enjoy that. I like that she was so upset that all of her clothes and scrolls got wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah. I, I enjoy that a lot because she also doesn't strike me as being very, like, super concerned with, like, being like super cute and like doing all that stuff, she's really focused, similarly to a water elemental, on the work. She's very focused on the work. Uh, agreed. I'm trying to play this character is that this is sort of her first big adventure anywhere, mm-hmm. right? She's been very much like in schools and in libraries and in city, like kind of relatively safe for mm-hmm. most of her life. So this is like her first big kind of foray into an adventure. So like that's kind of supposed to explain some of her attitude. Yeah, it's fun because when when crazy things happen, she reacts to them like a crazy thing just happened. Oh my gosh! And I think that's really fun, especially in contrast to our player characters who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A tribe of Griffles almost sold us to the Charuka. So calm down, Cheldy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, I can't wait to see what else is lying in wait for us in the Hall of Tranquility. We've already hit the. Guardian room and the trap room, I would guess, because of the haunts. Yes. Yeah, that was the trap room. So the three rooms left, if my memory serves me correctly, are the treasure room, Mm -hmm. the boss room, and the puzzle room. Correct. Maybe they can just hit the two fun ones and leave the boss. Maybe they'll get lucky and just only hit the two nice ones and then... Never go into the... Never go into the boss room. That's the trick. To just ne- to just walk by that door. Just avoid it. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Cal, for sitting down with me uh, and doing another Crunch episode. This week's Crunch 
is brought to you by The Crunch of Justice. Fingers crossed. (laughs) And we will see you guys in the next two weeks. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. And if you want more fantastic Mythos Manual content throughout the week, please be sure to check us out on Twitter at Mythos Manual. Check out our website at mythosmanual.com. And of course, please rate, like, subscribe to this podcast. Tell your nerdy friends about it who you suspect play role play games. And this will be a great way to find out if they do. And in the meantime, have a wonderful couple weeks. We'll see you next time. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mythos Manual. Be sure to check us out on our socials at Mythos Manual or our website, mythosmanual.com. May all your roles be 20s.